suppose August can be seen as a relatively quiet month with breeding and silage finished. However, it is an important time to prepare for autumn. So I suppose you need to plan the weaning process in advance regarding the strategies, the vaccinations and the meal and aim to reduce the stress in calves for that autumn. Hello and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast. For all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers, I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas researcher Peter Doyle to get an update on the Derek Patrick herd in Grange. Peter, you're very welcome. Can you give an update on what's happening at the moment in Derry Patrick? Yes, yeah, so the Derry Patrick, obviously, as everyone knows, is the suckler calf to beef research farm in Chagas Grange. So now, currently at the moment, we have an 80 cow herd over 165 acres, and we're now stocked at 2.2 livestock units to the hectare, or 170 kilos of organic end to the hectare. So we are not in nitrate sterigation anymore. Um, I suppose to try and make the farm more applicable to commercial practice. But the farm that now this year is currently examining grass only versus grass clover systems and Angus versus uh, Charlotte Sires. And how has calving season gone for you this spring, Peter? Yeah, so we're, we were very happy how the calving went this year. It started on the 4th of February and all the 84 cows were calved down in nine and a half weeks. So there was 90% of these were calved down in the first six weeks. But I suppose in a quick summary, we had one mortality, which was a stillbirth, and we had two C-sections. But it was a good uh, calving season overall, and quarters of the calves were up and sucking themselves unassisted, which was a huge benefit as well. And we do find that the compact short calving season is very convenient for us, particularly as during April. We can focus solely on grassland management and getting cows, I suppose, set up for the breeding season. And we're not worried about keeping an eye on cows calving in the shed during that time of the year. And breeding season has come to an end at the moment, Peter. How did breeding season go? Yeah, I suppose the breeding season, I suppose it started for us on the first week of May and it lasted nine weeks. And we've done 100% AI. But I suppose our first step for breeding season was to do a pre-breeding scan on the cows, which is very useful to identify non-cycling heifers and problem cows. I suppose the scan, the pre-breeding scan did identify that 13% of the cows had problems, whether it be to being dirty or having a cyst or not cycling. And all of these uh, problem cows received a required treatment just before breeding. And these were all submitted for AI in the first three weeks. So although that pre-breeding scan cost us €400, it was very useful to pull back those cows that could have otherwise been late calvers or not in calf at all, which can be a cost saving. The scan also identified that a third of the heifers were not cycling. Uh, So this was a thing that we knew that we had to look out for during the breeding. Um, so I suppose after the first three weeks, 93% of the cows and just over half of the replacement heifers were submitted for AI. And the conception rates this year to first service was 63%. I suppose one problem that we noticed during breeding this year was that there were some cows that held to their first AI service, but then they repeated again during the third round of AI and they're dirty again on the inside. 
suggesting that they lost their embryo. So this was something that the AI man and scanning man had noticed around the area this year during that warm period, despite all the cows maintaining an appropriate body condition score and mineral status. Um, but um, our final pregnancy scan will take place the first weeks of September. So we haven't got the final results yet on how breeding has gone, but we were all happy with its progress throughout the season. And I suppose regarding the bulls that we picked for the breeding, um, we used Angus and Charlotte Sires on the cows this year for experimental reasons. Our breeding objectives was to complement the system that we are operating under. So our first aim was to pick easy calving bulls of less than 8% calving difficulty, supposed to limit difficult calvings. And we also wanted bulls that were five star for carcass weight to maximize our weight gain and profit. We were also operating a system that aims to slaughter steers and heifers off grass in the second grazing season at 20 months of age, which can be um, sometimes difficult to achieve with late mature with late maturing animals. So therefore we chose certain breed traits we chose certain breeding traits that could overcome these challenges. So we looked at the age to slaughter index to help identify animals that are likely to be killed earlier in life. So we chose four and five star sires for this trait. And we also chose sires weight one and two star for carcass fat PTA, as this identifies sires that flesh easier than their comrades. So based on this criteria, selecting for calving differently, carcass weight, age of slaughter and fleshing ability, our Charlotte sires included Gold Star Ludwig, White Cliff Orwell, First and Lapon, and our Angus bulls include Bonlahi John G, Treebridge Powsey, Goulding, Man Man and Karma. So with the exception of Ludwig, they are all five star on the terminal index. And we buy in our replacement heifers, so there is no need for our system to look at the replacement index on those sires. And are you seeing much of a difference, Peter, in relation to the calves, either across the different sires that you've used, be it Angus or Charlie, and then across the two different breeds? What are the kind of performance differences you're seeing at the calves at the moment? Yeah, so the only, I suppose we only have Angus versus Charlie for the first time this year. So the calves on the ground, there's actually no difference in live weight between those Angus and Charlie calves. At the moment, across the two of them, they're averaging 240 kilos and they're doing 1.28 kilos per day. So we are happy with their performance. Um, I suppose, obviously, when it comes to the end, we probably might see some differences in weight come slaughter when you account for kill-outs and that. But I suppose with the calves so far, there has been no incidence of pneumonia this this year and there's no signs of coughing yet. But we have sent off, say, actually our first faecal samples yesterday to monitor any uncommon worm burdens and determine if we need to dose or not. And I suppose with our bullocks and heifers, um, at the moment, our bullocks that are 17 months of age, they are currently weighing 550 kilos and the heifers are 490 kilos. But I suppose one thing we did notice is that their growth did appear to slow significantly during, I suppose, the West July period. Most definitely, Peter, there's, it's been a very difficult summer and with one of the wettest Julys on record. How is grass being managed at the moment? Yeah, it certainly has been a very wet July because um, 
I suppose, according to my colleague Eddie O'Riordan, July 2023, or July this year, is the wettest July in Grange since we started recording rainfall here in 1971. So the previous July maximum was 163 mil of rainfall in 2009. But this year, our July rainfall is 185 mil. So the rain certainly appears to, as I said, to have impacted on animal performance. Um, it has been more difficult as well, I suppose, to get good graze outs and cattle are eating through grass very quickly and they are damaging the ground here at the moment. And I suppose for some farms, it's very difficult, maybe in other areas and some farms i've heard of one or two people having to house cattle as well but i suppose despite this the grass growth still has been very good here on the farm at the moment and our silage ground has also returned to grazing so we are still in a good position to maintain enough grass ahead of them and i suppose we are applying half a bag protected urea here in the first week of august on our grass only ground and this will be our second last application for the year. Particularly with all that rainfall, Peter, how did you manage getting the second cut of silage cut? Yeah, I suppose, I suppose we're all well aware of the difficulties of the second cut of silage this year with the weather. Um, we cut ours on Wednesday the 19th of July, which is, I suppose, a little bit later than we hoped, but we're still lucky to avail of that window. Um, we had a, we done, I suppose, a grass-only cut a grass only silage and a red clover silage. So we put them into two separate pits. And I suppose our grass silage wilted reasonably fine and was good for ensiling. But our red clover silage, it actually experienced a heavy shower of rain that was not forecasted. And that was just before collection. And I suppose it made it very difficult to wilt the red clover on time as more showers were due that weekend. So I suppose inherently the red clover would have a lower dry matter than grass and it does hold on to water more. So it is a crop, as we are well aware, has loads of advantages as previously discussed in other podcasts. But I suppose one thing to watch out for is that it can be more difficult to wilt during times of, say, broken spells. But um, I suppose there was 70% clover in our swords for the second cut, which would have been up from 15% from the first cut so that just shows uh um i suppose a huge increase in clover content as your cuts increase from the first cut to the second cut of the year and i suppose our red clover crop it only received 0730 and yes and it received no nitrogen but yet it yielded extremely well at six tons of dry matter per hectare so it is performing extremely well but it's just to watch out for having enough time to wilt it most definitely. And you have put a lot of clover in this year. How did you go about oversowing it, Peter? Yeah, well, I suppose, I suppose just first of all, before I talk about how we oversow it, I might just mention that we did begin in 2022 our oversowing program. And in 2022, we oversowed on the grazing ground between April and May. And that was a very good success. I was very happy with it. Um, we also oversold some clover on the silage ground, say in later in June after cutting. And I suppose this still was reasonably good, but not as good as say the earlier grazing ground. I suppose this was due to the later date of oversowing and the very dry summer that followed in 2022. 
Um, and I suppose we have continued to oversown this year and remain happy with its progress to date this year as well. And I suppose for it to be a success, the main steps to a successful oversown would include, first of all, is correcting your soil fertility, number one. Because if you don't have your soil fertility correct, it can be a failure. Um, so correct that before anything else. And I suppose most importantly as well is to oversow in April and May with the earlier, the better. And before you oversow during that time, it is important to graze out tight so that you maximize the amount of light getting to the ground. And then whichever method you choose to oversow, um, it's important that you do the correct management after the oversown. So the main thing is to maintain light to the base of the sward so that baby clover is not being smothered out by the grass. So just keep grazing really low covers and grazing out tight for the year and just keeping that light uh, coming down to the young clover. And if you keep a low cover on these fields during the first winter as well would also be very important. And it is best for your oversown, it's best to target uh, fields that are more open in the base as it would be a little bit more difficult to establish clover, say in fields that would be grazed by sheep that would have a thicker sward base where it's more difficult for the light to get down. And Peter, what's the plan in the coming month in relation to building covers coming into the autumn? Um, yeah, so actually currently in this first week of August, we are planning our second last round of nitrogen. And by the 10th of August, we will be extending, I suppose, our rotation length to 25 days and it'll be a 30-day rotation by the end of this month. And I suppose an attempt to build covers for the autumn. And I suppose it's really important because on our suckler beef farm, our grass growth demand is increasing, but our grass growth supply can decrease. So it's really important that we use August to start building these covers. And our last round of nitrogen application will be the start of September. And in relation to health planning, you mentioned earlier in relation to the protocols that you're using. What are you doing prior to weaning now with weanlands? Um, yeah, well, I suppose, obviously, we need to, as, as I said earlier, monitor the worm burden. So we're waiting to see what our fecal results come back like before, um, uh, before dosing to determine when we need to dose. And I suppose in terms of vaccinations, calves will be receiving their IBR booster one month pre-weaning. And I suppose it's also important that we try to minimize any potential stresses on the calves. So we're going to also castrate any of our male calves in August so that they have plenty of time to overcome this stress uh, prior to weaning. We will be weaning our calves, say, a third, a third, a third for three weeks so the first animals that we're going to wean would be our first calvers. I suppose our first calvers, these are our smallest cows. So we want to wean these first and I suppose give them plenty of time to, I suppose, build back up body condition score and build back up weight gain in plenty of time before they're calving in 2024. Finally, Peter, what are the three main areas for farmers to focus on on farms at the moment? Um, I suppose August can be seen as a relatively quiet month with breeding and silage finished. However, it is an important time to prepare for autumn. So I suppose you need to plan the weaning process in advance regarding the strategies, the vaccinations and the meal and aim to reduce the stress in calves for that autumn. And I suppose, as we said, we need to 
start aiming to build covers for the autumn and applying fertilizer. And I suppose this year it's important to remember that the slurry spreading deadline has been brought back to the 30th of September this year. So guess any outstanding slurry out on suitable fields in suitable conditions in plenty of time. And I suppose lastly, it's important to get the breeding scan completed and determine what cows are empty and when cows are due to calve for the coming calf season. That's great, Peter. Thanks very much for the update. Thanks a million, Catherine. And I suppose I just want to give a brief mention, I suppose uh, Michael McManus um, has taken a post in Ballyhays. So we would like to thank Michael for all the work that he has done with the Derry Patrick Herd over the last number of years. And I'd also thank, like to thank uh, our farm staff, uh, Liam Quirk and Christy. And we would like to, I suppose, welcome, I suppose, our new uh, technologist, I suppose, Kira Fryery, who would have helped us out last autumn and last spring. And to um, our new technologist, Neve Doyle, who has just started uh, earlier this year. That's great, Peter. Thanks very much. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Peter for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.